Hey everyone, I'm Jackie Harry. Welcome to The Sphere. Sit back and relax. With each podcast, I take you into real, everyday types of conversations that I have with regular people. I invite spirit in, into our sacred space, into our conversation, and you're going to get to see and enjoy and experience live, right alongside me, the types of insights, ahas, and discoveries that naturally happen when spirit is a part of the conversation. Joining me in the sphere today is Melissa Radford of my own hometown, Viking, Alberta. So, oh, this conversation, you know, what sparked this conversation uh, was not what ended up coming out of this conversation. And I came into this conversation with such a deep desire to weave unity and um, understanding between different sections of, of humanity. And what I came out of was this knowing of just how deeply this conversation served me. Wow. The knowing of just how beautifully timed this conversation was for me was profound. (laughs) And that right there is the beauty and the magic of inviting spirit into conversation, of holding space for what you didn't have planned to happen. Okay, so what I'm going to tell you right up front is that Melissa and I got on the phone and had so many technical issues. There was a clicking on the line. There was a fading in and out. It went on and on. And finally, um, we got off the phone and we reconnected. And where this conversation picks up is where we reconnected. And do you know in that moment, the line was clear from then on out. So I'm going to let you experience the magic of how spirit communicates uh, through technology with me <laughs> and leads me into um, healing and a, and a revelation for me in, within this conversation. Oh my God. Uh, if, if, um, if the work that you do in the world has ever left you in this space of feeling like you didn't know if you could continue on or if you felt like career or work is always supposed to be amazing, right? If you have ever felt like soul purpose, soul path is supposed to feel constantly happy, constantly fueling and fulfilling, this conversation is for you. If you are in doubt, in your work, in your role, in the path that you're walking. This conversation is going to reignite your faith and your knowing, your joy in why you chose the life that you chose. Man, sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee or a tea or a hot chocolate, sink into the sphere with me. This is a great conversation. 
my uh, Surrey came on in a lovely English male voice, you know, the English accent telling yep. me that uh, Jackie Harry was calling. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. In, his, in the sexy voice. Okay, so here's something interesting for you. My service has jumped to three bars. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm like, okay, that's just in. It, it's intriguing. It is something I. It's something I follow and continue to be curious about because the spiritual is so intangible. I feel like it, it, it's something that has felt so intangible because we can't see it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So to come on, and I, I find it curious as we use and have access to technology more and more, we're able to tap into the invisible. I, I mean, right. that's what a cell phone is, right? It's like, Essentially, yeah. If you were to t- – like, I think – I often think of – um Oh, what was the show with the people that live in space? The cartoon when we were kids. Uh, uh, the Jetsons. The that Jetsons. Was... When you watched that and they were like talking, video talking to people on a screen, did it not seem like so intangible and out there, right? Yeah. And now that's how we live. That's what we do. And it seems so normal. But the essence of Wi-Fi, of Bluetooth, of cell phones, is I can call to the other side of the freaking world and see you live time. That right there is science and technology tapping into the intangible that we've written off as woo-woo or not real for like hundreds of years, right? Yeah. Yeah. How's the call connection? You should know, by the way, my feet are now up on my desk. Oh, <laughs> we're talking. Well, the phone connection is way better. It's really good now. Super interesting. Yeah, I was moving around my house and like, okay, is there a better reception over here? Yeah. So interesting. And I haven't moved. I literally, when I hung up with you the last time and got back on, it just jumped from like one bar to three and I haven't moved. I just yes. sit here. Oh, I'm, so, I'm glad they they decided to get on board. Right? Guiding us to reconnect. There's like a, it sounds, you know, about the most woo-woo thing I could ever come up with, but I've seen it enough times in my work that when things get disconnected or go wonky, there's literally like a reconnecting in with um, a different pathway. So I look at this like like this, like if we imagine that there is an energy grid around the earth that as a soul we are plugged into through this body, that when that is happening, when we are being asked to change lines or upgrade our hardware, so to speak, we're literally plugging in or plugging out of certain certain grids or certain ways of, and, and each of the grids or ley lines affects how we think, how we feel, how we perceive things. And mm-hmm. I just wonder as we're sitting here and everything that we've talked about, what's being reconnected for people who are listening? Mm-hmm. What 
you know, that are going to listen to this, to this podcast? How is somebody who's been through trauma or who serves in a similar, similar role to you or um, who knows somebody who's going mm-hmm. through trauma and how is this going to change the way they perceive that, the way they understand it, the level of compassion that they have for people, the level of respect that they have for people? Mm-hmm. And how will that meeting somebody from where they're at change mm-hmm. that person's mm-hmm. trajectory in life? Yeah. And true, uh, respect. I have huge respect for, I call them clients. I don't like calling them victims because I think, yeah. I, I don't like that name. I, I call them clients. They're my clients. Yeah. I have huge respect for them because y- you tell uh, I've never had to pick myself up off the floor after hearing a loved one's passed away Mm. after three weeks, you know, having a horrific accident. Some of the trauma and the things that these clients have been through, and yet Mm. they still get up every day and they do what needs to be done. I don't know if I could do that. And a lot of them have, they have, they have the courage to call me and say, I can't do it anymore. I need help. How many people can do that? How many people don't ask for help because they there's a stigma around it or they're tough enough or they can do this mm-hmm. on their own or they're worried about what others are going to think of them? I have right. so much respect for my clients because they are in a place I have never, ever been, a lot of them. I have not yeah. been that level of grief or just I, I I'm not sure how to completely explain it but just a lot of respect for them yeah you've done a beautiful a job of explaining it and I think right there just offers huge space for compassion and acceptance I just you know like this what comes to mind is permission to see people as real mm-hmm. i read something today um gotta see i think i took a picture of it hang on here i read something today oh god pink she moves me in ways i can't even articulate sometimes with her words in her songs how she i mean she's so different from me i'm not that punk at all (laughs) (laughs) not that punk at all there's something about the way she shows up so unapologetically so on fire for who she is not needing to please and fit in and to just be her that really really moves me and so i had um I had a moment while I was telling you of feeling so freaking on fire this morning. I was laughing and crying and dancing all at the same time, feeling so in this moment of Satori or, you know, the whole freaking world fell away from me this morning. And I was just so in my jam, in in the moment, so in presence. And I had turned on a song of hers and then I had looked up to see her the song is I am here Mm -hmm. and um and I had looked it up to see 
what her explanation was of that because I had my own perception of that song and I wanted to know what hers was. And this is this is what she had um part of part of the words, okay? I have already seen the bottom, so there is nothing to fear. And telling fans to take her with her to take her with her imperfection and make it your perfection. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, right? Mm-hmm. That what we're talking about to just permission to be imperfect. Like, fuck, we are all imperfect in our own ways. We are Mm -hmm. in our own ways. We are at the bottom of our gully or the imperfect words or the imperfect frick, like everything, the work, the money, the career, the, we could, we could, we all have our imperfections somewhere in there. Some may look more dramatic than others. But but we're all in the imperfection, and can we receive that and still see the perfection in ourselves and within others and mm-hmm. within society and just take that as the beauty of, I don't know, our humanity, right? Mm-hmm. The, the perfect part of self is the divine part, but we're not asked to shed or um, divorce or slay the human part of self. We're asked to embody as heaven on earth. We're asked to be divine and human at the same time, as perfect and imperfect, and to just allow the beauty of that, that that's what makes us beautiful as humans. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of experiences and growth that come out of those imperfect moments as well, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what an absolutely liberating moment. I can't even imagine for you what the moments of seeing somebody overcome their struggle must be so incredibly moving for you. It's, I guess, why I continue to do this job is because as hard, as hard of a job as it is, and there's some hard days, there are Mm -hmm. some good days and those good days outweigh the bad days. Mm. Can you, is there, is there someone that comes to mind? And obviously I, I want you to keep the private details private, but is there somebody that comes to mind in a situation that comes to mind where you've witnessed the, the overcoming of the struggle, the stepping into their power, the liberation from their, is there a moment that comes to mind and will you share that with us? Um. I'm trying to think of how to do this. There, there is clients. I just speaking from general, I guess you that have been through some horrific things, and and when you go through, when you go through trauma at a level that is sometimes beyond your worst nightmare, your yeah. body doesn't your body doesn't work the same anymore. It's mm. um somebody puts a glass on the shelf and you look behind you and that person who's been through trauma is cowering on the floor or uh, the anxiety that they get and the pain that they get from that, they are no longer the person they were prior to that event. Mm. And to walk with them through the court systems, because sometimes it can be a few years by the time you get to the trial to the point mm-hmm. when they have to get up there 
and they have to speak their truth in front of that person who traumatized them. Oh. And to watch them grow in those few years, a lot of them seek counseling and they're rebuilding their life. They're rebuilding who they are. They're no longer the person they were prior. They're someone else. Mm-hmm. And I've seen I've seen them come through and I've seen them rise to the occasion and almost as though something comes over them and allows them to speak for that time when they need to speak. And they Mm -hmm. come back, they break down, and then they build themselves up again. And to have that power to build yourself up, to make yourself a new person, and I think a better person. I think they, they become a better person who is stronger, who takes that power and who doesn't let the little things slide anymore. Mm. I've, I've seen such a transformation because of a, because of an, a traumatic incident, but it has formed and shaped that person into such a strong, beautiful person. I almost as terrible as this sounds wonders if that was, the experience they needed to learn how to become that person. Like if that's the experience as a soul that they needed to shape them into who who they are and the beauty and the gifts that they bring to the world. Exactly. Yeah. God. Hey, you know what it is exactly exactly that as a, as a coach there are moments where I walk through some, like, I get some shit slung at me by clients at times and emotional, like emotionally, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's very covert, but as an empath who, I, I mean, I'm completely clairsentient, right? Like it, it hits me so fast, so easy through a text or through a message through just not even any communication. There's still a communication going on and, there are moments where you know you 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 think to yourself i think it's the human part of self the ego part of self where you think to yourself like fuck why am i doing this this feels gross or it feels tough or mm-hmm. right and you're doing yeah. your best to stand strong in the in the role that you've agreed to play as a soul as as a mentor, as a guide, as somebody who's mm-hmm. stepped up to witness somebody in their life. And mm-hmm. there there are times like that. And then there's times where, God, like two, mo- two moments in the last two days where I was literally vibrating so excited alongside a client because she, I literally could see her choosing from her own conscious place of power. Mm-hmm. And just feeling the ripple effect of that to everybody in her life and to her life and how empowering and ignited and magnetic she's going to be going forward in her life. And it's in those moments of absolute, I mean, like I am a mix of tears of gratitude and being overwhelmed with emotion and simultaneously like giggling and laughing till I cry, like all that, all in the same moment. It's and moments like that that just anchor me back into right. This is, it's it's not about it being this perfect 
unchanging experience. It's about it's the mix of the the good, the bad, the ugly that really magnifies the beauty of of the joyful moments, of the liberating moments, of the mm-hmm. freedom that you see in people. And and does it offer you also the confirmation that that you are on the right track? You know, oh. every once in a while we need that that confirmation that that we are we are on the right track. We know what we're doing, and um, we are not steering them in the wrong direction. Yeah, right. There's I I remind myself because it's ebbs and flows. There are ebbs mm-hmm. and flows of this, and when I go through the ebbs, and there are moments where the ebbs are really, really deep and challenging for me, as as a mentor, and it's the coming back out and the entering into the joy that mm-hmm. reminds me. That I have the moment of reminding myself, I chose a life of purpose and meaning. It's mm-hmm. not to diminish at all. We don't all come in wanting that. As a soul, some of us are here in a lifetime looking to have a, a life of just ease and pleasure and sharing words of wisdom with the world. There's nothing wrong with that. But as a soul, I fucking know that I came in. I chose. I chose to be here to create a huge impact and a huge ripple. Not yeah. to be better than somebody, but because I wanted that. I I wanted the feeling and the knowing of giving back to humanity that mm-hmm. which somebody else has gifted me in another lifetime. And that, mm-hmm. that is a, a role and a path that I chose lifetimes ago, many, many lifetimes ago, and went through all the experiences to arrive at this life to show up in this way. And every now and then we need the fucking reminder that, hey, mm-hmm. when you want to be so resentful about <laughs> or bitter about the moment or yeah. whatever, we we need that pick you up and that lift you up to remind us of wait a second this wasn't placed on me I wasn't told to come here to do this I actually chose this lifetimes ago to be here in this moment to choose this life as I've chosen to create it am I gonna like am I gonna try and place responsibility onto that of that for that I'm getting my work right here eventually onto somebody else or onto yeah. the universe, or am I actually going to take hold of that and be like, I fucking chose this. I'm creating this. Now let's right. live it and right and thrive in it. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of maybe going back to a little bit of what you had started out saying, you know, when I started this week, I was I was in that that down place of, oh my God, can I do this? Do I yeah. want to continue to do this? It's really hard walking up yeah. to somebody's door and being, you know, I don't, sorry for my wording, but the angel of death, you know, to let them know that somebody has passed and you are there bringing them some of the hardest grief <sighs> that they're ever going to encounter. Do I want to continue driving up and down the streets recalling well, that's where I told that person that, you know, their loved one passed away or that's where I, and, and 
it, it's true that this, these, this is how I remember some places. Mm. And is that worth what I'm doing? And not only that, is it worth what I'm doing? It's, do I even know what I'm doing? Should mm. I be, should I be doing this job? Do I have the knowledge and, and the expertise to be educating people on how I think they should proceed after such a an event in their mm-hmm. life. And I was really down. And yeah. um, later in the week, I was talking to a psychologist who, it was just, we were just talking about a mutual client work stuff. And um, we got on the conversation of things that go on in victim services around getting a victim um getting a victim to a counselor we have a program you have 45 days to apply and they'll pay a thousand dollars for you to get a counselor and stuff and you know we got on the subject and talking about it and she said to me you really know your stuff what is your Mm -hmm. background and I it was a good thing it wasn't a bad thing and I think she was waiting to hear me say like maybe I'm a doctor or maybe I did this or maybe I had nothing Mm -hmm. Mm. I'm like, I volunteered, and then I worked my way through through the organization mm. and, and worked up. And she was so taken aback by that. Oh, but it, it gave me that confirmation. If this person who is a psychologist who teaches and who has a book thinks that I got my shit together, <laughs> then maybe I do. You know, but I love so much about that and what feels so unifying and full of equanimity is that you know I don't believe that an education qualifies it can it be a qualifier absolutely but what I know beyond a shadow of a doubt is that nothing I could study in this life is going to top the centuries and hundreds of lifetimes that I have lived in preparation for this lifetime. Mm -hmm. When I walked into, you know, like we've been taught to value and qualify ourselves as if Mm -hmm. we came in with an absolute zero wisdom knowledge base. And like we need to prove ourselves in this lifetime. And it's total bull. The Mm -hmm. day that I walked into a kundalini yoga session and sat down, I didn't know what kundalini yoga, I'd never even heard that word before, okay? And sat down in that session, and that, that, that instructor, that mentor with years and years, decades of training in yoga, in yogic traditions, in yogic mantras, and, and chants, and wisdom from all over the freaking world, what he shared with us, in that first hour, I literally sat there nodding, recognizing, like literally word for word, sentences coming out of her, his mouth or what yeah. I had been teaching in the soul spa for years. And I yeah. went home that day and went, what the fuck was that? And that moment changed how I foresaw everything in my life. I don't need to qualify myself. Yeah. I, I have built eons worth of wisdom and knowledge and I'm literally just waking it up and remembering it in this life through different things and that six-week session 
was just mm-hmm. an awakening and a remembering for me of a lifetime or lifetimes that I had spent within those traditions. Mm-hmm. I don't need to study it in this lifetime. And that doesn't qualify me as, you know, like higher than or better than him. Oh my God, so much wealth and wisdom within that man, right? But yeah. that's his path in this life. And this is my path in, in this life. And, and what I feel like creates right within what you said. Yeah. Is that we need to look beyond education mm-hmm. and see the beauty and the wisdom and the lifetimes of practice and devotion and dedication to a craft that a soul is coming into this lifetime with. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. And, and, you know, that brings me to how do we get others to understand that? Because in my profession, you know, how do I, how do I get them to think I am credible with mm-hmm. my knowledge? Because in this day and age, everything is educated based. Yeah. And you know, your worth is based on the education that you have or you don't yeah. have. And you're good enough based on the education you have or you don't yeah. have. Yeah. I'm with you. You know, um, as a, as a coach, <laughs> I've never been one who could buy into, uh, I, I don't buy into hierarchy. I, it, it like goes against every thread in my body. <laughs> As a coach, most people don't probably don't realize, but I literally took one class in coaching and yeah. I threw most of it out and went with what naturally arose within me and through my own experiences working with coaches and and through an intuitive process that like fuck I wasn't even intuitive like here's the thing so many people said to me like like I I know that I'm skilled at what I do mm-hmm. and and that doesn't come from a place of ego it's just I feel it and I and I and I know it and I watch it through other people's experiences and the transformations that happen within them and I think like I didn't come from a line of intuitives. I didn't wake up and walk into this life eyes wide open, intuitive seeing dead people walking around at five. Does mm-hmm. that happen for people? Absolutely. It didn't for me. Trust me. I, like I, I ran the opposite freaking way when at 4.24 a.m. on a January 3rd day six years ago, I woke up and wrote down pages of notes of how I was going to put – Weave intuitive readings into my coaching practice. I didn't even know what that was. Right? Yeah. <laughs> How does that happen? And I, so coming, circling back to your question, your, your ask, not that it was to me, but just into the, the sacredness of this space around how do we get the, I, I believe that those really structured patriarchal hierarchy systems are mm-hmm. actually crumbling and people are starting to see just like mm-hmm. that woman did with you. What's your training? Where does it come from? You know, your stuff that she were beginning to be able to see past the qualifiers that have actually been false qualifiers and not, and not to degrade no. the education systems that we've been through, but there is more to it than that. And, and the veils that have prevented us, from seeing the qualifiers, the skill sets, the wisdom that reside within people are dropping. Like literally I, I'm watching that happen this 
this year. 2020 was the igniter of it. I'm telling you, since the beginning of January, it's just like hundreds of veils. They're just dropping sequentially Mm -hmm. day by day. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So starting at the beginning of your week in this, in this low and in this ebb, which happens to all of us, and then arriving Mm -hmm. here and coming through this conversation, what is your, where, where have you arrived at? What is your, what is your knowing now around the question of, can I do this? Do I want to do this? What is, what is your knowing now after having this conversation? I've realized that I've put a lot of my self-worth on my education or lack of it. And Mm -hmm. am I worthy of this? Am I worthy of that? Um, Should I know more? Should I, you know, what am I missing? Because I I don't have that piece, you know, because Mm -hmm. I didn't, I I didn't do post-secondary. So I I can't tell you if I could be better at my job if I had it because I don't have it. So I, I, I can't speak to that. And and so I sit with that a lot. Is is it worth it? Is that something that I should um, go after in my life, or am I good enough as I am? And I believe I am, but it's not my perception that's going to allow me to continue to be in the workplace. It's others' perception, mm. right? And that's what I'm fighting. Is I'm fighting the outside perception of, of what you need to do the job that I'm doing. Here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. What if you quit fighting? And what if you quit letting others determine that? And what if you just consciously chose mm-hmm. from your own place of power? What if you consciously chose this path, not because of what others think, others think, or because of being qualified or good enough, or like all all of that, right? Yeah. Would yeah. you tuned into your heart and consciously chose from this moment based on, fuck, I want to make a difference in the world, man. When I look back, somehow, even though I don't have a conscious memory of it, somehow I know that I chose that I wanted to come in and make a difference and and that in that moment you go, does this and the work I'm doing align with that? Does it contain the blips and the depths of meaning and joy and purpose that I'm looking for? And if the answer yeah. is yes, that you just consciously choose it and you let go of all the bullshit of others needing to qualify you and others needing to validate you and you just start running after full throttle, the things mm-hmm. that light you up and bring you joy within the path that you're on. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Ah, oh, right? Because it takes power and puts it back where it w- was supposed to be all along, in your hands, with your yeah. soul, in the midst right. of your place, based off of the knowing of what – this, like – literally loops and weaves us right back around to where we started, where you had said that, you know, a client, everybody's telling them what they should be doing and what they should be saying. Yeah. And they know within their heart, their intuition is screaming at them. That's yeah. not what I want. This is yeah. what I want. And I feel like that right there 
taking power and putting it back into the hands of your clients and emulating that and teaching that, mentoring that simply by choosing that for yourself, choosing to be in your power and to choose based on what your soul is yelling at you. (laughs) I agree. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That is 100% what I need to do. I just, you know what I see out of that, Melissa, is just how igniting and liberating and motivating and inspiring that that would be for your clients. Mm -hmm. Like I think of, I'm taken right in this moment, given this image of a woman who's been through years and honestly lifetimes of cycles of betrayal and abuse and never good enough and coming out of that, choosing to walk herself out of that, choosing to reach out to you for support, for guidance, for a hand up and her choosing to finally step out of that. And then she lands in the spot where she looks around and goes, holy shit, I'm 46 years old. I have no education. I have no value in my life. But then Mm -hmm. she sees you and how you didn't go the traditional education path either. And all of a sudden it makes it possible for her to step into the beauty and the purpose and the mission that her soul is here to experience. Do you know that happened to me? I, at, I'm, I'm talking so much. Spirit is like, there's so much to say here. Do you know that happened to me? Six years ago, we moved into this house, and I was sitting on the couch watching Oprah interview Sue Monk Kid. Sue, fucking shout out to her because she just keeps coming up over and over again in my life. I don't know the woman from Hole in the Ground, but I feel like I do, okay? <laughs> Sue Monk Kid wrote a book called The Secret Life of Bees, and at 42 oh. years of age, now here's a curiosity for you. I am 42. At 42 years of age... She was being interviewed by Oprah for her number one best-selling book. Now, here's Sue Monk Kidd's story. At 30 years of age, she woke up. I believe she was a nurse, I think. Okay, don't quote me on that. She woke up and decided on her 30th birthday that she wanted to do something more with her life. Not Not that nursing didn't have meaning, but it just didn't it wasn't fueling the calling that sat within her. She knew she was here for more than what she had chosen as her career, as her education, as her qualifier. Right. And she walked downstairs that morning and announced to her whole family that she was going to write a book. And they all giggled and said, happy birthday and carry on with your life. And she sat down and started writing the secret life of beef. And when she submitted it, I want to say it was like 10 different publishers, okay? She took however long it took her to write it, you know, like let's say a couple of years. Then she started uh, sending it to editors and to publishers, and and somebody literally told her it was crap, that nobody was going to publish it. And she Mm -hmm. took that as truth, and she put her book away on the shelf. And at 42, she sat on fucking Oprah's couch and was interviewed for a bestseller. Crazy. Right. And and little did she know that in that moment and in that interview, I was sitting on my couch feeling like I missed the qualifier. Mm-hmm. 
like I had missed my chance and my opportunity in life to make a difference, to be something. And here I sit today and I'm like, fuck, that's not true. (laughs) I'm just starting my life and starting to live the thriving that I came here to be. But up until that point of seeing her, I felt like because I was past 30, like somewhere in my in my culturing within society, I felt like I had missed the boat because I was past the 30 mark, that everything started before I was 30. If I was going to make something of myself and walk into a career where I I knew I had this calling mm-hmm. of making a difference and, and creating meaning in the world and creating this ripple effect. And I, and I didn't, I, I felt like I had missed it. Like I had screwed it up and somehow failed at it. Yeah. And, and what I see is, is you being the light and the igniter and the inspiration and the hope for somebody because you've walked a different path. So there you go. I'm going to leave you with that thought. It's a very <laughs> nice thought. It's true though. You know, we all think we have to do, be something, be this, whatever it happens to be. I mean, you think about in high school, they're, they're getting you to get your courses ready so that you slide right into secondary so you can be this person. And who in their freaking mind at 20 years old knows what they want to be for the rest of their life? You don't even know who you are at 20 what? years old. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who I want to be when I grow up. Right? Uh, yes. All of that. I cover on a, another layer of that every single year. Like probably multiple times a year, I am un- uncovering layers of that and going, oh, that's who I want to be. Right? Like, And that's a 42 and this has been happening for six years now. Yeah. Oh, man. This conversation. You know, I could not have planned this conversation the expectation you know that I had in the back of my mind um, had me going somewhere completely different and upon arriving at our destination point which I didn't realize was our destination point I realized exactly why there'd been so much distortion and disruption on the line within this call and why we needed to hang up and reconnect and start a new thread energetically within this conversation. And it just turned out to be such a such a beautiful conversation, one that I couldn't have planned, right? And I think this is the thing about life, about our choices, about our decisions, is that the, the human mind is like a horse with blinders on. We see we see a destination and we're like beelining it straight for there, completely oblivious to everything else around us. Right? And and as um it just if we can just pause, if we can just surrender and accept for one moment that our sight is short-sighted as a human being. And if we can just let go of the hard grasping onto the linear path that it's meant to, you know, like we're quite often given this glimpse and this knowing within ourselves of where we're headed. 
And then immediately after that, we start making this plan up that goes A, B, C, D, E to arrive at F. And we fuck it all up. (laughs) We create so much struggle, so much hardship for ourselves. We can just let go of that and just trust and follow the flow of where spirit is taking us. We will arrive at a destination that is much grander, much more fueling, much more igniting, way beyond what the human mind, what our limited perception could have imagined. That. Ah, thanks for joining me here in the sphere today. I look forward to you joining me here again the next time, right here in the sphere.